Welcome to Haunt Topic Radio, the podcast for haunters by haunters. Just a few more days till Trans World. Yeah! If you guys are going to the Trans World Halloween and Christmas show, St. Louis, first week of February, please stop by and see me and Daryl, Scare Badges, booth 1443. Stop by and tell us you're a podcast listener. There'll be a secret prize just for you. But for real, please stop by. We'd like to meet our fans. We know a lot of people on social media and through text messaging and just stop by and say hi. And um, we would love to hear from you. In this podcast, we get Philip Hernandez on from Haunted Attraction Network to talk about why you should not use TikTok in your haunt. Or should you listen to this podcast to find out? But really, Philip brings a lot of good ideas and tactics to use and ways to use it and maybe you should not create a TikTok account and use it like you think you should use it. So if you're interested in maybe marketing on TikTok, advertising, influencer marketing, using TikToks in certain different ways, should you even start a TikTok account? Is it necessary with all the stuff that's going on with TikTok right now? Philip brings out a lot of good points and we also get a um, our Hauntmaster members in here too to talk about TikTok and some of their ideas and questions and thoughts as well. So I want to thank Philip for hopping on and spending about an hour and a half with us talking about TikTok and why you should or should not be using it. See you at Transworld with 1443. Scary badges. So why you should not be using TikTok? <laughs> I kind of have the stance you should not be using TikTok. Um, this is also kind of a something called like a negative hook that we will talk about later in the in the presentation. But um, I will try and convince you not to use TikTok throughout this presentation. But we'll kind of we'll go through everything about why and and everything about it first. Um, as Brian said, I am from the Hard Trash Network. I run the network. We are the industry's leading news resource. And I also have to make a disclaimer here. My disclaimer is a financial disclaimer. We do produce TikToks for haunts and for clients. We have haunts that are clients that we make TikToks for. Um, we also do PR services and contract with influencers and all that. So that's my financial disclaimer here and whatnot. I will actually be using some client examples later in this. I did have permission from clients to share these examples Etc. 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 So everyone has been warned, and my duty for disclaimer is now done. Okay, we're gonna go through what is TikTok broadly, the context of TikTok, the base mechanics, three ways that I have used it for TikTok, and we'll probably talk a little bit more because I know Craig especially has different different experiences and some different examples to share. And then uh, I have some video genres and examples we can talk about, and then best practices and. Q&A, we can answer questions all throughout, or if you put questions in, uh, we'll kind of open it up at the end for broader questions. But if you have questions throughout, we'll be monitoring the chat for that. Okay, what is TikTok broadly? So basically, I think a common misconception I hear all the time is that TikTok is a social media platform. I kind of feel like it's not really technically a social media platform. It's actually more of a video hosting service <laughs> uh, because when you think about it, this the other social media networks are 
founded on the premise of you follow your friends, right? That's why it's called like a social network. Like you have friends, you follow your friends, you see what your friends post, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of how your interests are developed. TikTok is kind of the opposite. You get on and you follow interests and topics and you can follow people and you can find friends on TikTok and you can chat with friends on TikTok and comment on them. But that's not like the, the kernel of it. That's not the premise of it. The premise of it is to watch interesting content, content that is interesting to you. And it's short form. It was born kind of as a short form video service. And the algorithm then has much more data on you. Data meaning that like the videos are shorter and you go through them much quicker. So it has many, a lot more touch points to really hone in on exactly what kind of content to give you. So you enjoy. So that's like, just setting that straight. It's really, when you think about it, it's more, it's really like YouTube. And that's what it's trying to do. It's trying to dethrone YouTube. So just kind of be aware of that. We're not talking about like, this is like Instagram or meta, like, no, no, it's really more of that consumption type of thing. Um, there is interaction, of course, in the same way, there's a huge like comment thread in, in YouTube and you can follow your friends, blah, blah, blah. But it's really not, it's, it's not meant for like catching up with your friends, like in, in that kind of thing. And... Let's see. Okay, there we go. So as we all know, they started as 15 second clips, they grew to 63 minute and now 10 minutes from vertical uploads, but you can also upload up to 30 minutes from your desktop. And this again shows this trend that we'll be talking about, which is that TikTok is moving towards trying to dethrone YouTube. So in that way, they're expanding to longer form video. And that's going to kind of be the priority for them going forward is to really increase their watch time because that's where the money is, right? The money is like, if you can get people to just watch longer every day, then that gives you more ad spend, more time to insert ads and to get to more revenue. So that's what they're trying to do. And watch time is, is higher if you can kind of dethrone YouTube and you can make those longer form videos and encourage that. So they're encouraging creators to create longer and they're encouraging uh, longer uploads and all that. And it's, this has been like a slow creep over time, right? But that's where we are now is 30 minutes uh, uploaded via desktop, but just also to know that this is HD, not 4k. So YouTube, right. is kind of known, well, may not known for, but there, there's a big like 4k group on YouTube, but you can't do that on TikTok. So it wouldn't be 30 minutes of 4k. It's 30 minutes of HD. So anyway. Okay. So that's kind of like the, the broad, what it is, in general, right? It's like a it's like an alternative to YouTube, essentially, where you're watching content, right? Like kind of like YouTube vertical. on crack, but yeah, yeah, like shorter and and vertical, right? Like isn't it, isn't, isn't YouTube trying to go to the shorts now? Are they trying to do stuff like this? So it it's weird because, <laughs> and we can get into like why I think this is stupid from brand <laughs> strategy standpoint, but basically it's like TikTok is like, hey, we're gonna do we're gonna be vertical YouTube, and YouTube is like, well, then we're gonna make vertical content too. Except really what ends up happening is all the good vertical stuff is on TikTok. That's just how it is. And then you go to YouTube and you're like, oh, everything is just, they're just taking their TikToks and putting them on YouTube and making YouTube shorts. But but really like the 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 native editor on YouTube shorts is terrible compared to TikTok. And just the content is, it's just not, it's not going well not for fun, them. fun, right? Yeah. yeah. And they also haven't been compensating creators on YouTube yet. They're not set to roll that out until February. And the thing they have planned for February in terms of uh, shorts compensation on YouTube is like, in my opinion, it's it's not good. It's it's not a good uh, system, but that's, that's neither here nor there. So yeah. Anyway, so the context of TikTok, right? What is the context of the situation here? 
Um, the algorithm that TikTok has developed, I think, is kind of what everyone is known is what it's become known for. And it's made its growth explosive. And it's also made TikTok a target for basically everybody. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, it's it's also the most regulated like social platform that we have. So it's more regulated than YouTube, than certainly than Meta and and Twitter for 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 <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so it's the most regulated by far. I know. Um, that can be a problem, especially for us, because, you know, a lot of times they don't differentiate right between fake blood and real blood and blah, 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 blah. But but they really the the content moderation on TikTok is intense. And that's actually a good thing for growth because advertisers really prefer a moderated content platform because, again, it's the same issue where like advertisers want to know that their content is not being put against like weird stuff that goes against their brand. And so having a more moderated platform is actually better. And that's actually been helping them grow more than a platform with less moderation. Um, and just a little bit of also like political background, right? Meta started smear campaigns against them. That was that whole devious slicks thing. Um, like that's to my point. What what happened? What's the devious slicks? The the devious slicks. There's a lot of those, like the slap a teacher campaign, the devious slicks thing, which is like lick weird stuff. All that oh, stuff okay. was actually like was was smear campaigns started by Meta by basically her being like, there's these new trends that are like damaging our children, blah, blah, blah. Well, actually that was meta making that up um, and like seeding it to, to communities on Facebook. Um, and then news outlets would pick it up and whatnot. So, so TikTok is, is like, everyone thinks <laughs> everyone is like targeting TikTok because its growth is, is so uh, incredible. And due to that, we're seeing this, all these weird little fights come out, but just to be clear, it is the most moderated platform. So like this type of devious like thing did not really start on TikTok. It was kind of fabricated. Um, it's also highly popular among Gen Z and Alpha and Generation Alpha. That's like one of its trademarks. And let me get down to this one because this makes more con context where we're talking about. Continuing on the thing about targeting and, and blah, 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 why it's so dangerous, blah, blah. Uh, there's been a big movement recently to ban the app because of its growth and because of its popularity among children and because of how much watch time is getting. All these things combine, and then people are saying now, well, basically, it's the parent company is, is you know it's owned by Chinese, and basically, there's there's all this. I don't know how to put it nicely, but basically, we're unsure whether the data that it that they have is collecting is not being is available to China. And there's been I don't know, there's so many reports out there to go in. But but essentially, that that's the argument is the argument is it's it's because of all this history, because of it's becoming so popular, it's so popular with younger kids, it's so influential to our children. And they spend so much time on it, that it's like it's over. It's if you see here the watch time in 2021, for the younger generation, like they spend more time watching on TikTok than YouTube. And that's that's a serious thing. So now the problem is if China owns that data, is that is that a national security threat? Is that a problem? So that is like the current landscape right now. And the government in December 2022 introduced bans banning TikTok on all government devices. And now recently, as recently as this month, they there's universities have started banning TikTok on their Wi-Fi networks, like not all of them, but quite a few, and then it's picking up steam and blah, blah, blah. So I don't, I, again, I'm just trying to give you all like the, the context of the situation. Like it's this wildly popular new thing. And then it's been causing all this conflict, like not just regular business rivalry, but now like government intervention and whatnot. And all I would say 
I, you know, I think you should look into it on your own as to what you believe about the connection to China and blah, 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 blah. But all I'm going to say is anytime the government agrees on something, that should be a red flag. And so that's one of my kind of reasons is I think a haunt should be wary about it is I would be wary about you investing a lot into creating like original content that you can't use other places and kind of that stuff for a platform that could end up, you know, being banned or being restricted or change in some way down the road due to federal regulation. And I think that is uh, an increasing possibility just just because of of kind of the the bipartisan efforts that we've seen so far that have that have recently materialized so and as i mentioned earlier tiktok is targeting youtube so that's kind of the the direction it is going is away from its origins as like a vine replacement to now like a youtube replacement which is more encouraging of like longer form type of content um so anyway that's the context i, I didn't want to get like too crazy into that i just wanted to give a a good understanding of the picture of of where we sat with TikTok comments. It's good. Questions I've already learned there. a lot. So <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I don't know if it's anything. I think it's anything else anyone thinks is important to cover in this, but that's kind of my my take. It's just be wary or just be aware. Not you know, just be aware of the context of it. That was my understand. that was my that was my biggest concern too, because I hear everything they were talking about. States were wanting to ban it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody you know, wants they, to ban it. They could lean, you know. So if someone takes action. Um, yeah, just right. so you know, everybody right. wants to ban it. Like, but again, if you I, again take it whatever way you want to take it. Like, it probably is dangerous. Yes, I mean, I you know I work with a company. We have a factory in China. We definitely like have a we have many hard lines and rules about data because we know that you don't give China your data. <laughs> it's like when we have protocols, right? And essentially, you're opening TikTok and you're letting you're you're let. So I would you know it's kind of one of those things like informed consent. You just have to understand everything you're you're logging into that app, you know, use a burner phone basically, but, but, you know, if you don't care or whatever, it's, you know, it's up to you. I don't know. Um, I just want to give you the context. So, okay. Good anyway, point. good point. Basic mechanics of TikTok. I don't really have much here for this because um, I could, I figured I could show people if they're really curious or we could talk about specific examples, but it's very, um, it, TikTok is, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's created to be used on your phone. Right. So like the idea of like having a, a zoom call <laughs> like on your phone. Right. So it's like, it's, it's, it's meant to be used on your phone. So it is a, like a, a mobile platform, but I can show you, or I can answer specific questions about this, but essentially um, the way I would, I would say the basic mechanics is you have, you have the option just like, again, just like with, with YouTube or with any other kind of like video platform, um, most users just create an account and they log in and you start, you're given a few like topics of interest to identify loosely, right? And then you start watching videos and uh, the app, the algorithm will use kind of every metric available, like how long you watch a video, when you pause it, if you pause it, what you do, if you're reacting or not, et cetera, et cetera. And as you scroll through different videos, then it will start to hone, kind of hone a hone videos and feed you more of what, you know, what it would like you to see basically. So that's from the consumer way from the consumer way, you know, you have a few options to, to, uh, heart things, comment, interact, um, search hashtags, search stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then from the creator side of things, you can record videos natively in the app, or you can upload them basically. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, right? You can also upload stuff from the desktop. I think a lot of people don't know that, but you can upload stuff from your desktop account as well. Um, so does anyone want to see? I don't I don't know what questions we need to answer about the, the basics, like the mechanics. Well, and everyone out there probably, I know Eli, I think Eli's probably on uh, TikTok. Craig, anybody else? Um, I don't really care to set one up because I probably never use it, but just go ahead and get into the uh, the other stuff and we'll come back. Yeah. To unless, yeah, you want, like unless, it, you want, unless you want to show yours, what your, you know, you want to show whatever I, I would phone or. I would rather if people have specific questions, like how do you okay. do captions or how do you do this or how do you do that? Then I would rather like um, do that at the end or answer specific questions um, or you guys can like, you know, yeah, I'd rather do that. So let's. Or so talking about stuff, you can bring stuff up. Whatever. Correct. Yeah. So these are some of the ways that I've used TikToks uh, for uh, haunts. Uh, and I broke it down into three main categories. So paid ads, like using paid ads on TikTok. I have the least experience with that because we specialize in influencers and organic videos. I don't specialize in creating paid content for anything. Um, I know Craig does. He's done a lot in that, as he talked about on the on the thread and given a lot of examples about that. So he can talk about that, but I can talk about organic videos and influencers. Do you know what causes haunted attractions to shut down before they even get started? The top three roadblocks are lack of funding, lack of leadership, lack of resources. As a member of the Haunters Toolbox, you get instant access to the tools you need to start and grow your own haunted attraction business. To get started, become a member at HauntersToolbox.com. Yeah, on the paid ads, um... Where did I start with this? Okay, I my I've only had two seasons of haunt. The first season I posted my uh, commercial up, which is very PG. Uh, all the other platforms, no problem. Uh, Robert, who does a lot of stuff for Dark Hour, shot it, so he knows all the the goods and bads of what to do and what not to do. Um, and it was completely uh, never approved. And they don't give you a reason why. And it's very frustrating. <laughs> and then you go on a TikTok and you can watch feeds of uh, people fist fighting and all random mass chaos. I don't know. My feed's pretty chaotic. <laughs> my algorithm is scary. Um, so you're sitting there going, okay, well, my commercial didn't go through, but this stuff is there and it's prevalent, but it's from grassroots posts. Um, yeah. So I never really got a good answer. So when I came around to season two, um, I decided, okay, I'm going to throw everything at it. And if one gets through their approval process, great. So I posted my commercial, very similar styles last year. Uh, it just stayed there, um, hung up, never went anywhere. But then I was like, okay, I guess I got to do some kind of cheesy type TikTok trending thing. So I did the old uh, hand over the screen and then pulled the hand back costume thing that haunters do. I took all those and pieced them together and then took a little bit of my commercial and put it together and immediately went through. So it told me, okay, I need to adjust, get out of the haunter brain and get into the TikTok brain because TikTok is not Facebook. TikTok is not these other platforms that we're used to. They're not long form commercials. They're TikToks. And you got to learn TikTok's way and do it TikTok's way. So um, it was going great. And then all of a sudden I got a... Um, email from TikTok, an advisor wanted to come uh, have a meeting with me about helping me with commercials. Now, I got super excited about that because of the fact that I had this experience last hot season 
with Google and Facebook. Google gave me, and I just got a new one today, an advisor. This is literally an expert at advertising on their platform for free. You know, you can pay ad firms and that's a great way to do it. And it takes all the stress and labor out of it. Or you can you know, do it yourself. And these people are awesome. Um, so I got a TikTok first and I was excited because she was very straight up with me. She said, you're making videos for Facebook. That's not TikTok. You need to go study. She gave me homework and I'm like, yes, mom. So I, I went through and I studied and all that, but uh, she made some corrections and some things like this, but she said some interesting stuff. Cause I wanted to know, I said, look, our industry struggles with ads and posts on your platform because you guys don't get us. Um, and she told me, and if you get yourself one of these advisors through TikTok, that they can go behind the scenes. And if it is appropriate video and just ca caught up in some algorithm, they can go un unlock it and no, no problem, get your commercial through. So that's a tip. If you are going to pay ads, Paid ads are going to have to be squeaky clean. They cannot be our normal scary stuff. Be very careful of that. So what I would do is I would shoot your normal stuff that everybody loves, but then I would go do a TikTok style one. Just think TikTok is not, I, I loved how you said this. It's not a social media platform. It's more of a YouTube. I didn't think about it that way, but um, the ads I found, because I don't have that many followers and I haven't gotten a viral video yet. Um, I got pretty good bang for the buck as far as people clicking and looking and watching it really really uh for the price they're cheap to advertise on um i have escape rooms 10 months of the year so i'm i'm advertising year round um i'm not getting the same action as i am on facebook or google for customers coming through the door and it's probably because of the age group is way younger um they don't have face uh, uh escape room money escape rooms are 35 bucks a person um Mom and dad need to take them. And that's where they're at. Everybody knows that they're, they're the, on Facebook. So um, I'm still trying to learn it. Um, I'm going to go in there and play with the commercial some more. But I can say it's very affordable. Just when you shoot your commercials for the season, you need to shoot one for that. I've been getting on uh, my team. I'm like, you guys are making it the wrong way. Y'all are kids. Y'all should know how this works. I'm an old dude. Go follow. There's a formula and I'm sure we'll get into that later, but that's my experience yeah. with the ads. Um, I, I, if you're going to pay for ads, it probably be worth putting someone there, at least for brand awareness. Yeah. I, I totally agree with like everything Greg just said. I, I thought it was fantastic. Thank you. I, um, I actually will get at the very end. I'll talk about best practices. I think that that is your best course as i mentioned at the beginning i'm trying to i'm going to try and convince you not to use tiktok <laughs> and and i would say if you think you have to use it um go the paid route because i think that's your best through line between some to get actually set like ticket sales you know because we have to think about this you could get a viral video but if it's an organic video that doesn't have anything to do with your haunt or link to tickets is it going to sell you tickets i mean that's that's uh, so I, I think the paid video thing because because you can embed your your ticket links into those paid ads when you have when you have a paid ad you can embed your your buy ticket link so you can it's right there like the through line is right there see this cool thing buy a ticket yay oh there was one other thing i wanted is very important when you're dealing with uh the back end that you don't know on the paid ads um facebook has this beautiful system where you can hone in on a neighborhood mm -hmm. of certain age female whatever your demographic it's phenomenal mm -hmm. tiktok's not there you can yeah. go, you can't geographically, especially if you're in Mexico, Missouri, um, 
I'm I'm south of Houston. Houston, you know, arguably, it, I guess after the census, we'll probably bigger be bigger in Chicago. But we're right up there with Chicago, number four, number three. Um, when I, I advertise there, I can't hone in on on um, my normal twenty mile radius south of Houston. I have to take uh, the whole bite of this Houston. They don't let you hone in on certain zip codes or cities and things like that. So the dangerous part of TikTok is. Yeah, you can get a viral video and all your haunt actors go, I can get you viral, but it may be somebody in, in Canada or China or Daryl in Canada. You know, it's people that aren't yeah. going to be your haunt. So you got to be very careful with um, if you're not in a big city to really look at that, because you may be paying for advertising for people that just simply are too far out of your uh, driving radius. Yeah, that's an okay, excellent point. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna no, I was gonna bring that up later as well, too, because that's another one of those those marks against not using it. Right. It's like it's not all about the views because, because of that reason, because we are businesses that are geographically locked. We're not like online businesses. So not everybody everywhere is a customer. That That's a big, like, it's a, like a big negative to it. Um, the only thing I, I would add to what Craig said too, is what I have done. Uh, what I've done is I have, like I said, organic videos and influencers are my specialty. I've made organic videos that have done really well. If they've done really well, I turn them into ads. And so that, that's that's the way I've done it. It's like if it's done really well and I know that it's going to pass the the increased scrutiny, I'll turn it into an ad. And then um, but like Craig said, you're there's really not not really many ways to like target. Right. You're, you're really just targeting based off of um, lookalike audiences, basically. One other thing. And you're you're jogging my memory of all these things. I'm sorry to cut in. There's another piece of that paid ad. Uh, I can't remember the technical word for it, but you're exactly what you're saying. Uh, go on TikTok if you're starting up. Just start posting videos. And if you get something that gets some traction, yeah. it's a little more, you know, and most of these ads, I mean, these things I do, I get a couple hundred people, which is terrible. But if I get one's eight or 900, what you can do is in the ad section, you can then click a button that turns that post into an ad. You can and she it. suggested that. She suggested that because... You know, we're not professionals at, at TikTok. So you get something that gets some traction, go, okay, people might like this because, you know, when you post your post, then it goes to a few people. And if it keeps pyramiding out, it'll keep riding. And that's how you go viral. But if you get a little traction, you can take that post, flip it over to an ad. And I did that. And it seemed to work a little bit better than you just trying to create one from scratch that you don't know if yeah. it's going to generate attention. I think of that like A-B testing, basically. Like you are putting it out there to test if it's going to work well, and then you can like turn it into an ad. So that that's kind of, so yeah, Craig, I agree. And it is called boost. So you can go into your tools and you can boost anything that you have. Any, any of us can, you can do that right now. The lowest amount you can do is $5 a day though. So just, it's a little bit different than like uh, Instagram or whatnot. So I, mean, I have done that for, for our clients, but anyway. So anyway, um, as I mentioned, going into, so we'll go into these next two types now, organic videos and influencers. This is the one that I have most experience with. I'm going to give my disclaimer one more time, just disclaimer that I do work with haunts and blah, 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 so financial interest, et cetera, et cetera. I still don't think you should do it. <laughs> so anyway, so, <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is going to be very difficult to kind of, but I'm just going to, I'm going to be very broad here. So please don't like come at me later with like, oh, Philip, you left out this and blah, 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 blah. So for organic videos, I'm going to try and like lump them all into these broad buckets. Um, there's trend 
videos, which is like your sounds, your challenges, your hashtags, your blah, 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 blahs, anything that's like a, a trend. That's a big part of TikTok. And um, TikTok doesn't like that actually anymore. <laughs> they don't because they want to, they want watch time now and, and, and trends are harder. Also trends a lot of time involve copyrighted music and they're trying to get away from copyrighted music. They're trying to get more into like the YouTube vlog type of thing because it's, it makes more money because it's longer and there's no music royalties to put into it. So they actually don't want trends, but, al but also trends are what created TikTok, right? And so, and the kids love trends. And so you're never going to, I don't think you're ever going to get rid of that section. It's going to always be part of TikTok. Um, the narrative thing, which is, again, like I said, now is where supposedly is where they're sending their their time and, and effort. We'll see how long that lasts and we'll see if that actually blah, 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 whatever. But anyway, narrative thing is really anything that has like, just think of your, your old school, like YouTube vlogs, right? This is your, like your stories. You're like, so I went into the coffee shop the other day and I saw this barista that was really cute and I wanted to give her my number somehow. And I tried it. So like that whole thing, like that, that story type of thing or explainers, like um, three ways that you can use TikTok to scare your audience out of your haunt. No, I don't know. You know, and then like the tutorial type of thing, like today we're going to be discussing do it yourself tombstone distressing or whatever. Like those things are all like narrative where you're just there, there's talking and there's maybe very little music or no music or it's not copyrighted. Um, that's, and again, we talked about previously the, the time limit being updated from like one minute up to 30 minutes. This is a big reason, right? So most of these are in like the three minute range, these like narrative type of things. Uh, then you have your random produced videos. That's like the commercials that we, that we were just talking about, stuff like that, that are not really designed to be trend videos or narratives. They're just their commercials or they're produced or they're just random people or they're things people trying to start new trends or whatever, that kind of stuff. And I'm going to put thirst traps in their own category. <laughs> and I, this is really awkward to talk about, but we're just going to, it has to be said, right? It has to be said that TikTok is for a very young audience. Young people are young people, right? So thirst traps are popular just because of it is what it is, right? I'm going to say what it is, but um, I would definitely recommend if you're going to use that for your haunt, you, you just you be tread carefully, if you're, I have seen haunts use like successfully use their strap videos. And I'm just going to say, be careful. And I'm also going to say there is a reason why the HAA has like sexual harassment training, like on demand. I'm going to say all these things, but I'm also going to say there's a, you know, again, both sides of it. Like there's a reason that we have to have sexual harassment training on demand. And there's a reason also that it is. And there's a reason that their straps are so popular on TikTok and they can be very, they, they can be useful, but I would just, I'm not going to talk about them anymore because I just, I don't, <laughs> let's just not anyway. So let's, as I was, <laughs> as I was doing research, I uh, came across a good point that you want to make people react, whether it's giving them pissed off or cry or sad, or you want them to feel something, right? You yeah, know, or that other emotion. <laughs> yeah. Or thirst trap. I think Scarret Badges are one of the smartest things I've seen in the industry in a really long time. Scarret Badges are basically either pins or embroidered patches, uh, kind of like Merit Badges, as they are you know, somewhat named after, from Boy Scouts and, and Girl Scouts and Brownies, and where after you've accomplished something, you can wear the brag tag of the embroidered patch. Some haunts put them on jackets, some put them on t-shirts, some put them on uh, with the pins. I've seen them put them on lanyards. But the neat thing about them is they are very specific in what they are rewarding. And they're haunt-based images that reflect what's being rewarded. 
it's retention, it is bringing people back, and it's actually giving your haunters, your haunt performers, the ability to share that they are haunt performers. And, oh really, you're a, you're a scare actor, where do you do that? And then they will insert the name of your haunt right there. So it's also marketing. I've always been a big fan of Scarret Badges. I think they're great. So check them out, scarretbadges.com. No, it is, that is not a paid advertisement. That is just my recommendation. I think it's really cool. ScottSwinson.com Yeah, so, okay. Let's look at some examples here um, to give you guys a better sense of what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to see if this works. Let's see. Can everyone see my TikTok? Mm, still see your... There it is. Yep. Okay. All right. So I'm going to show you some videos that I made for clients, uh, again, with permission uh, from both the people and the clients to talk about these. So here's here's an example of like a, a trend that we used for a haunt. Hopefully the sound will play. Yeah. Um, so this is the like marshmallow. I want to be a marshmallow sound. Again, this is one of those trends. It's like a, there, are, there are sounds that start trending on TikTok because a big part of TikTok is like the whole thing is centered around making videos, right? And so people will pull sounds from all over the internet and you can use that sound as a basis. And so there becomes trans sounds that start trending. So this is one where the, the, the audio bite is just, I want to be a marshmallow. What would you do if you were a marshmallow? I would just wobble around. And so we were like, oh, let's do that where it's like, I want to be a scare actor. And then I'm wobbling around is like him sliding and like falling over. Right. So, okay. It did, you see, it did pretty good because of a trending sound. Right. Um, and, and does TikTok, if that's, if that song is being trendy, will TikTok boost yes. that in the algorithm. So you're more beneficial to use that song because it'll be more, I guess, reacted to or whatever. So yes. Also, you can put it, there's hashtags that track the trending sounds. You put those in there. Like this was the marshmallow, <laughs> the wobble like things. So, right. uh, you know, people get, uh, you know, like addicted to the same, watching the same sound over and over, which I do. And, um, and then uh, they removed it. That's why you see the original sound here, user thing. But um, also when you like went, see if it'll show us this. Oh, here it is. Yeah. So you can, when you're using a trending sound, you basically, you use the sound and it, then it like files it under the, like the sounds page. Here's like, here's the page for this marshmallow sound. So you can see this many videos are made <laughs> for that stupid marshmallow sound. <laughs> and you'll see like, here they all are. So this is what it means. So like all these people are creating their own version of like this marshmallow trending thing. So it's almost like a hashtag, but not yeah, a but category, it, right? Yeah, but it's a sound. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Can we go back? I'm going to go really back far again. Hold, please. To get it's a back. super interesting process for sure. Yeah, it's it, it is. It's pretty cool. So, okay. So that's, that's an example of that. Um, here's... Uh, this, so this is an example of like, this is just a regular, like random, like I said, those, they were those produced videos. Um, this is just one that's like a scare cam basically. That's scary. Oh my God, it's actually real. <laughs> yeah. Scare cams always get it, man. Yeah. So that's what I mean. And, and like to Craig's point, right. This is PG. There's nothing bloody. There's nothing. I mean, she's got scared. It was funny. Right. But again, there's no blood. There's no weapons visible. There's no any of those things. So it's a perfect one to put on here. It performed well natively. So it would have been a good thing for us to turn into an ad actually, <laughs> you know, and uh, just 
you know, but, but this is one of those things that wasn't made to be a trend. It wasn't made to be like, um, a narrative or any of those things. It was just, it was just put in like that. Um, let's see, I have, this is, let's see if I have a, I don't think I have a good narrative example from here, right in front of me. Oh no, here it is. Here's a good narrative example. Um, here, here's a narrative. Three different bars, two of which are hidden within the attraction. The first one is located in the Hush Falls area. That one's not a hidden bar per se. The drinks were focused based on New Orleans stuff. So there's the hurricane jello shot. You're gonna see a frozen French 75 and a bourbon based drink as well. Your next stop is gonna be called Base Camp. So you, you actually enter that one through a large crate like the archaeologists were packing up artifacts from the temple. Your third stop is going to be the Von Rose Distillery. You're going to have some interesting drinks there, especially one in there is going to like numb your mouth. Guests can purchase a bar creep pass when they're buying their tickets or when they get here. That'll give them guaranteed access to all three bars. That's the safest spot to get in. Some of our actors and support staff can gift you a token, which will get you access into one of the bars. You have no guaranteed access. Like if you didn't find it, you don't get to come back in and go through. People with the bar pass, we do make sure they get to go through all three bars. There's three different bars. Okay, two of so hidden within the attraction. All right, as you can see here, this this is a narrative, right? The purpose of it is to explain something. It's a very short narrative, and actually. <laughs> I I wouldn't recommend like like this is not I'll show you a better example of like a, a like a, a real narrative. Th this is a narrative because like this was a client that wanted a video to put on TikTok and I was like let's do a narrative style thing that explains your bars blah blah. I wouldn't say this is a good video <laughs> and I wouldn't say this is one that would like perform well like kind of normally. I think just because it was new and whatnot and it did perform okay for basically an ad <laughs> that is pretending. Can I, can I can I chime in on this one? Yep. Um, there's a perfect improvement on that one um, is TikTok wants you to use their filters um, yep. and apparently it pumps you up in this. Yes. And that I, when I was watching this, um, I'm terrible at this, by the way. So don't go look at my stuff and think I'm doing it right. So I'm still learning. Um, there's a filter on there where you can have the person superimpose like a green screen. Yes. They, you'll get pumped up higher in the in their algorithm by using those filters. So taking him and putting him in front while you're talking, while he's talking about the place, that's the stuff they want. I'm terrible about it. I don't put enough of yeah. that, I guess, because I don't like being in front of the screen. But um, I just wanted to mention they don't those really, filters. Yeah, they don't really explain how to use most of that stuff most of the time. You know, it just yeah. uh, they just throw it out and expect you to use it. Yeah, well, it's mainly because you think about the audience, right? The the, you're, the kids are just sitting at home playing around with it until they figure out the fill, you know, they figure it out. Right. And your point is both of you guys, that's, that's like Josh and Craig. Great. That's exactly right. Like, that's why I'm like, yeah, we made this because again, like, like a client, it was a client, they wanted the video. They went like, so we already had it. Great. I would not have suggested if you, if we made this for TikTok from scratch, I would not have suggested doing it this way. Um, this was made just because they wanted it and because we had it. And it was just a matter of editing it, a vertical version from a, a commercial that we shot horizontally. This is a horizontal commercial we turned into a vertical video. So it required like no extra shooting. But yeah, I would agree if you sat down, if I put my phone here and I put played B-roll, you know, on the, and I green screened it and I just said that, that would have performed better because that's what they want now. They want you to just sit there and they, it's okay to like make mistakes type of thing. You know, if you just sit there and say, hey guys, I'm going to talk to you about the three hidden bars at Hush Haunted Attraction. Okay. So there are three bars. The first one is, I mean, that kind of a thing that that's the narrative type of style that you're going for. Uh, let me show you a few other examples. Uh, okay, so here's a kind of a narrative, but also, also I just want 
clarify you don't <laughs> you don't have to be like uh young and like hot to make to be successful on tiktok in case that was not good. but like here so here is like a a good like instructional type of like longer form content creator and see she makes she makes instructional videos on on, on how to use tiktok like for people like just how to edit and how to use that whole thing and this is a good example of what uh, Josh was talking about. Okay, we don't need to play the whole thing, but you see what we're talking about, right? Um, so just, you're just in your house, you know, right? There's no music playing behind you. It's not produced, just talking to it. And then, you know, you're going through the tutorial, going through the et cetera, but, um, and you can see the amount of traction that this video has. Okay, so another example, let me show you another trend example. Here's the Wednesday trend. And I, I bring this one up because this would have been a perfect one for haunters to get on and I'm actually, sad that not more haunters got on this wednesday trend so again like those type of trend videos that would have been a good one for a haunter to do and this is one where see there is some blood here but i think again to craig's point it's a combination of uh benji being so popular and so known he has an account manager <laughs> but but also all the like disclaimers and everything and also how it's like um it's not there's no weapon it's not a blah 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 but anyway um so oh two quick questions what do you usually use just the native tiktok app making your making your uh tiktoks so there are arguments about that like there are so many arguments about that. Um, let me get back to the PowerPoint really quick. Okay, so, okay, there are a lot of arguments about that question, and there are there's a there's like a can't. J j I feel like there's when now we're back in the age of everybody being like trying to guess the the you know whether they're shadow banned or not. <laughs> it's kind of weird it's conspiracy theories, but but so there there are a lot of theories about it. Like there there's um, what I can tell you is it's not a good idea to generally speaking, it's not a good idea to like create something in a, in like a, like in Instagram reels and then download it and put it over into TikTok. That's a bad idea. Um, and that's because the watermarks that are put into those videos when they are downloaded uh, are, are read by, by each platform. Right. So that, that's not a good idea. Um, it, it is also worth noting that TikTok, when they're now that they're making the move over into, um, being more like YouTube, they they are reading and listening to everything in your video. <laughs> they're reading all the text that's in your screen. They're reading everything in your description. They're they're using like automated captioning on everything that you're saying in your video. Absolutely. Yeah. So everything is Absolutely. being cataloged. <laughs> everything. Yeah, like just 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 like Philip said, and Philip, if I may, yeah, it it really is a severe um it's it's severe information that's out there and and you know people for a long time have actually tried to fight this um uh, you froze up josh anybody else yeah Is i it? don't hear him either okay josh you froze up for a little bit step up uh you know to corporate or whatever you you already get an like an an artificial intelligence uh voice that's on there that that basically is AI and they tell you basically that your service has been um, completed and, and to please follow up by email. And that doesn't really help most people out either. So, I mean, really it's a, it's a dead end street. It's either you 
do TikTok, you don't do it. You do YouTube, you don't do it. Or Facebook, you do it, you don't do it. All these social media platforms are basically the devil's crotch. They do everything you don't want them to do, but at the same time, they really help exploit somebody's business to help grow and to help do certain things within the industry that most most of us can't do without having to pay for a boost on a published post or, uh, you know, so or so forth. So, I mean, really, it, it really is a serious deal. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that, Josh. I think we, we got most of it. Um, we did talk about that way at the beginning in the context too, as well to just, I made sure to give everyone that context too, and also explain the recent government bans and, uh, the, the concern about it and the Chinese proprietorship and all that. Um, and then that's a, that's a great reminder, Josh, because yeah, they're categorizing everything you say. So even if you think you're like, Oh, I'm saying it, no, no, no. Everything in there is being categorized. So, so I guess, Brian, what I was trying to say, I was trying to link it all together is you're asking if it's better to make it in app or out of app. Um, basically TikTok knows whether or not you make it in the app or you make it outside of the app. And they know if you made it on a competitor and tried to put it in, um, we've not, there's also like no, it, it, the algorithm is a black box. So nobody really like can prove whether or not your videos get like lower, like, like, I guess I, I don't really know how much it matters. The only thing we do know is like, don't make it for Instagram and put it on TikTok. But there's plenty of third party editors, a, a very popular one that is uh, um, kind of sponsored by TikTok is, it's called CapCut. It's What's it like? I guess it looks like this, but it's called C A P C U T Cap Cut, and you'll see you'll see it advertised a lot on TikTok. But um, that's I, I go back and forth between the two. Um, I'll use Cap Cut for a lot of editing, a lot of stuff, and then I'll import it into TikTok, and I'll add in any text layers in TikTok or anything in TikTok, and kind of finalize it in TikTok, and then publish it. Uh, but if you're going to use any of the filters that are in TikTok or any of those, you have to create the video within TikTok. Um, you have to create it within TikTok. Uh, that being said, the video editing in TikTok is extraordinary compared to the other platforms. It is very developed. It, it's very, it's very, it's very advanced. Um, and uh, but yeah, so I I don't think personally, I don't think that there's a difference between a third party like non-affiliated editor like Adobe or Premiere or uh, CapCut and the native TikTok. But they're definitely. Are, it's definitely bad if you go from like a, a try to try to try to recycle stuff. And that goes the same in reverse, actually, like YouTube shorts. A lot of people post their TikToks there, but YouTube is reading the TikTok watermark in there. And it is kind of like, you know, sending signals. But I don't think it matters at this point because uh, YouTube isn't competing. That was a very long answer, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, you know, for people, I don't know, you know, how it is just like just like Facebook change things you know, about <clears throat> using things on the yeah. platform. So I know, and, YouTube, and, I know YouTube doesn't get along with the Facebook and Facebook, you know, so sharing YouTube yeah. videos doesn't work. So it's like, what's yeah. the best native way to make it? But that explains well, it. That, I mean, that makes sense. So, and it's going to continue to change too, because, right. you know, that's, that's the thing right now is that they're, they're really, they're trying to pivot the platform and, and there's all this every day, there's a new tool and there's new blah, 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 blah. But yeah, tons of integration, just tons yeah, yeah, and and because it's kind of open to allow people to make their own effects and filters and and you know use them in TikTok. So there's so much there's so much happening uh, in in that all the time. So it, de it definitely is going to change. Uh, but but uh, anyway, I, I want to wrap up this uh, kind of this my big 
bucket. Now that I've showed you guys some examples of stuff we've done for our, our clients in terms of the trends and the narrative, and I've showed you some uh, other people examples. Um, we're not, I'm not going to show you those trap examples. We already talked about that. We're not going to go into that. Um, but the random produce video section, I just want to wrap this up with like, regardless of all of this, like all of this aside, like if you, if you are an incredible creator, or if you have an incredible video, it's going to perform good no matter where it is. <laughs> so that is the other like anonymous or a, like anomaly type of, you know, section like there, if you're creating incredible videos, um, they're just going to perform well. So aside, despite kind of the rules, right. And let me give you, I can give me be like, maybe like one example, you know, and those tags, you know, the hashtags and stuff, that's real helpful too. Just like we were talking about earlier, you know, the hashtags yeah. is what links everything together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll, um, hashtags on here. Yeah. You can, you can find trends just from the hashtags people are using too. you know, just search for the hashtags see what the challenges or what the sound is or whatnot or whatnot. Um, but yeah, there, and like I said, the, random produce videos. There's a few creators that create content that they'll post the same content all over. I think I showed an example to Brian previously and their stuff is just so good that it performs well anywhere. Right. So that that's, I would put that in this, this camp of random produce videos because it's not a trend. They're just good creators and everybody loves their stuff and it just does well. It doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, okay. These are my best practices that I suggest to wrap up my section here. Um, I'm going to just keep honing on this from the business perspective. You, we have to remember at the end of the day, our goal is to sell tickets. <laughs> Good, well, I mean, if you want to try and become influence, uh, like TikTok influencer, that's great. I mean, that's fine. That's a different thing. But if you are trying to use this for your haunt, um, again, as I mentioned at the beginning, I don't think you should. <laughs> I think you should do the paid side. I think you should that type of thing. I think devoting, devoting, I think it takes a lot of, of effort, you know, to, to really devote it to TikTok. So I would just stay with the paid ad and use a firm, like Craig said, if you have the resources or, or not, you know, but I think that anything you're doing needs to have a direct connection and context to buying your tickets. So both things together, like um, if you're doing a random trend, like a, a random trend, can you take the trend and put it in the context that would help sell tickets to your haunt. Like I showed you the marshmallow thing. We the, the reason we did it that way was because we could put it in the haunt. You know, can you take the trend and put it in your haunt? Can you do the stuff? Can you put the ad? Is, is it going to help you sell a ticket or not? That's the question you should always be asking with these videos. You know, <laughs> like that's it. That's my point. That's I'm, you know, that's like a lot of the always... dance, like uh, remember a lot of scare actors dancing. Remember the dance videos. Yes. There was and the like a certain thing around yeah. October and they would dance to it and that got a lot right. of traction. And, you know, the Wednesday one, like I showed you, that would have been a perfect trend to do a Wednesday one inside of your haunt with one of your main icon characters oh, doing man, the Wednesday yeah. version. Yeah, all of that. And so that, that you know, that could work. But again, making sure, like, I understand that we, like, we want the videos to do well, but keep in mind, you have to, the person watching has to know it's a haunt and what the haunt is and how to get the ticket. Otherwise, why? Right. That's, that's just my opinion. Anyway. Okay. So, all right. Um. As I said earlier, I think you should try the paid campaign stuff that uh, that Craig mentioned because you can embed like the ticket, the purchase links in there and whatnot. And we all know when it comes to online, friction is the enemy, right? We want to make purchasing a ticket frictionless. So with the paid campaigns, you can like go directly from the video to the ticket purchase page. That is very low friction. 
if you're trying to make of like a viral trend video with your haunt, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of friction in that, right? At that point, it's really just like a brand awareness play. You're really just hoping that people will hear and hear about your haunt enough and that they'll be close enough by or whatever that they'll see a billboard later and then make a purchase. That's why I think the paid campaigns, because they're more direct, direct purchase uh, options. So anyway, um, I think you should try influencers also. Um, just because you know what, like they, they already, they have an audience, you know, you can vet influencers, you can, you can go and, and watch their stuff and see if they make the type of content that would be useful for you. And let me save you the trouble. The type of content <laughs> that you want is the influencers that are the ones that are, that make like things to do in your town. Those are the ones you want. <laughs> Let me just save you a lot of effort here. You don't want like the makeup influencers. You don't want the like the other, like the the fitness ones or you no, 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 no. You don't want any of those people. You don't want the models. You want the people who have an audience already that are localized, like things to do in Detroit. So the influencers that I did an influencer campaign for Hush and the people that we reached out to were A, food bloggers because there was the new bar and B people that made who who made TikToks about going and exploring local things to do. That's who we reached out to. And that's why, because they already have an audience specifically for those things. And they make really good narrative videos <laughs> explaining your property, right? And they're reasonably priced for the most part, depending on the audience. Um, but I would say try the influencers because you can vet them. They have an audience already and they'll just do everything for you because this is what you're paying them for. Right. I think again, yeah, anyway. So um my last thing is I feel like I've said this the entire time, but only really if you really did, you know, like the organic videos, right? It, it's like it takes a lot of time and talent and budget, right? And I just think, you know, I, I I don't know. I think as haunters, we all we all want to be like, yeah, I can make that in my garage. Like we all, we all are like that, but also you have to at some point be like, okay, is it really worth me spending all this time trying to figure out this stuff or like can I just pay to do the ads or also can we uh pay the influencer and let them do it and they already have a built-in audience but then again flip side of that is um I'll tell you um I, I think it was I don't remember if it, I think it was Craig but it, yes it was Craig that said this so so I um when we went to Hush we I kind of talked to all the actors to see if any of them had TikTok experience and they're because they're all kids, right? All of our actors are kids, right? So like I I like <laughs> like none of them had any experience making TikTok videos. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like you're the ones that should be doing this. So um, so I will say if you do happen to have like uh some people on staff already that already have the talent, then I think you could consider a, a strategy of like, okay, maybe I can we can work with the people that we already have employed, they come in an extra hour early and they plan out some TikToks and shoot some TikToks and just go. And what does that cost you? An extra hour of salary time for a few of your actors. If if that's your situation, if you have people that already, you know, did this whole thing and they can do that, then it might be worth it. But no, that is harder than it I, looks. <laughs> I completely agree with that, uh, Philip, but I actually kind of want to add this, you know, I've been making uh, motion picture films for almost 14 years and, you know, I understand how much it costs to actually make a film and to produce it and, and put it out there. Now, the big question is, is, you know, back whenever YouTube used to be uh, something free, you know, people always usually had like cameras in their closet. They thought, oh, I just got and film something. Well, they actually started monetizing that to where you had to pay, 
you know, and it costs like $250 with like 120 hours worth of film time with editing and everything, plus the scouting of the locations that you had to go to and the stunts that you had to perform, you know, and if, you know, like you're saying back, you know, with like what Craig and you guys do and, and, and Brian as well, you know, you guys talk to kids and just like myself, we talk to kids in the haunt industry. Everybody is so tech savvy. You know, everybody plays those video games and everything. It shocks me the type of information that is out there, but yet it's still vague enough that people don't know, which is kind of beautiful because it's still not fully discovered. But I seriously thought that it would be an already fully discovered. People would know how to use that thing inside, outside, you know, everything about it, you know, and it shocks me that you have kids that are shocked to not know how to use TikTok or any type of platform uh, for social media. And it just is mind blowing because, you know, they have all these games and technology out. It just doesn't make sense. But that, that's just a beautiful part of it. And, and sharing that with somebody and learning together is so, so great and informative. So we can let people know, like these videos here of how to use social media platforms properly uh, and without wasting any budget, time or money, you know? So, I mean, really great topics. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, this, yeah, I, I thank you. I think this is, this is kind of the end of, of what I had. And like, like I said, way back, I've been saying, I only had experience in, in these, some of these areas that I've, and I've worked with some people. Um, we can open it up now for Q and A, or if, if Craig or Brian want to add anything. Yeah, Brian, I, Brian, I had some notes, uh, some things that um, I think might be useful for people. Um, there we go. Um, so um, one thing is I just, my wife just learned this the hard way. She owns uh, two franchises of uh, uh, an ex the exercise stuff, the jazzercise. And it's, yes, it's still around. Um, and she literally on Facebook, she just bought another franchise and overnight has been completely shut down because Facebook's not smart enough to know that she's a franchise and they deplatformed her because they think she's some kind of bot because she's using all their logos and things like this. So it you could invest so much money in a social media platform. I got, I don't know, a gazillion bucks invested in Facebook. And then one day I could turn around, it's gone. This literally happened to her. So I would highly recommend. So true. Saying is you, when you diver, diversify your platform, save your content. Don't just go post it on there and not have, because you never know when one of these platforms could just wreck you real quick. Um, Cause we don't own those. And um, that's one thing. Um, don't build your house on rented land. Exactly. That's a great thing. Email. Um, the kids. Yes. Email is a good one too. Uh, the kids in my place always talk about, Oh, you need to do this. Cause it'll be viral. You need to do this viral. And you know what I say? I'm a marketing guy. I'm an insurance sales guy by day. I said, uh, viral doesn't pay my bills. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a thirst trap. I'm not opposed to thirst traps, but I'm not one. Um, it, it, popularity, just because you got a viral video, some, uh, scare cam, which I never got one going. I tried my damnedest. Um, it They're the hardest. It's not conversions. <laughs> yeah. It's not conversion. Conversions is what we're, we're trying to convert to sales. That's our goal here. Our goal is not to be popular on the internet. That's a whole different mode. Um, one thing I found is very useful. If you're going to go in the TikTok world, go follow these TikTok marketing uh, pages. There's yes. tons of these guys. Man, I've learned more from those guys. On it's a psychology thing. This I got I got TikTok a video. Is, I got a 10 minute video yeah. we can play afterwards. I 
I had it queued up if you guys want to watch it. Yeah, it's it, they're good. like miniature hunt doctors right there, man. They're yeah, so informative. It, it, they're it, exactly so. You know how we play with psychology and the haunts? They mm-hmm. do it with these fifteen-second ads at the very beginning. There's always a hook. there's always a hook. It could be yep. one guy said shaking the camera at the beginning, or the question like Philip was asking. There's always the hook because they're flipping through, flipping through. You got to stop them. Once you get them stopped, you have the meat of your whole thing. You have the peak, and then you. I haven't figured out this is pretty cool how they do this. They'll manage to make it loop and back into the beginning. So yep. you watch the whole thing. And next thing, wait a minute, I've already watched this video three times. They edit it so smoothly. It's a pattern. If you, if you watch these, these pros on TikTok explain how it works, and then you start watching these videos, you go, oh, they got us in a trance. So it is literally a trance. Be careful as a business on, uh, this is my insurance side coming out. Um, Trending songs, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of these trends. Um, you're a business. You're not an individual. If you're using Disney music and doing these things, you better be very copyright. Yep, copyright yep. is bad. Cool thing on TikTok is when you have a business account with TikTok, they do this neat thing where all the they have all the music that is approved for um, uh, use for free use. Um, the the negative part of it. All the trending songs aren't on there. It's 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 better than Instagram's music selection, which is terrible. Um, but the music selection on TikTok is broader. But you're going to have a tough time trying to copy trending music because typically trending music is something that's actually popular and mainstream. Um, the user filters I mentioned that one before. Uh, they want humans on the screen. They want people talking. They yeah. I'm very bad about like showing off my sets and cool stuff like that. That's not what they want. That's what that TikTok manager told me. She said, stop showing your sets. They're awesome. Put somebody in there talking. Um, And then the text to screen. So this is a trick. You want to write text on the screen. You want to put text in the the comment section, like Instagram with all your hashtags on it. And then you want to put audio over it. You want to hit it three different ways because it does affect the searching. Um, And shoot TikToks. Don't go shoot a video for something else and try to force it on TikTok. Um, And then the last thing I was going to talk about is the social media influencers. Um, I did this um, a few months ago for my escape rooms and Philip was dead on. Go find the local food, bar, things to do, influencer. They're probably not the ones on this platform. They're on Instagram. Instagram, they rule there. And man, I spent a thousand bucks. I was like, this is an expensive experiment. My phone blew up for two days. I tripled the size of my Instagram account. And I got about a month and a half of just people coming to play escape wow. room games from one girl. That's impressive. It was awesome. And so she has 250,000 followers in Houston. And it's the, and, and what you got to think psychologically when you're talking about influencers, what does that influencer sell? Things to do. That's the one you want. You want the one that's selling things to do. You don't want the muscle mm-hmm. workout like Philip nailed this. I just want to make sure y'all are careful because you could get, write a check to some influencer and it does nothing for you yep. because they're not selling the product of things to do. And, uh, but I would highly recommend doing that on Instagram. Um, and then the last one was try to build yourself an in-house video team. Um, I'm yeah. so blessed because my, I have a haunt, but then I run an escape room inside of the haunt. My team for the escape room is actually my haunt team. So I have them year round. We make videos all year round and we're getting better and better at it. Um, and they're good at editing. These kids are good. And then uh, combined with me, I'm not paying for it. They're just, they're my regular, they, you know, get their per hour charge. So really try to, yeah, good that's yourself the way through. to go. All right. Yeah. That's all I had. Sorry. I had some points. I was hoping I could help you all out with. No, that's, that's perfect. I, I, 
I want to echo back to what Craig said about the intros. That's the reason why I started the talk off with why you should not be using TikTok for your hunt, right? Because that's called the negative hook. And, and that is exactly what Craig was mentioning. Like you start, start off the things with the negative hook. You know, I, I think sometimes we think about, oh, we're just going to start in on the video or whatever. No, you need those little like very short two second hook type things that make you pause and stop. And you can accomplish that, you know, now, now they, they prefer it to be a person talking, but previously it was like a, an exciting thing would happen on the screen or something for two seconds and capture it in. But yeah. So, so what do you think about influencer, like haunt actor, influencer, TikToks? No. What, what you mean? What do you like think? For the or, haunt, or, like for the haunt? Like I, you know, I would not wait, wait, hold on. Let me make sure I understand. So, so like, it's like a haunt actor that has their own TikTok account, having them sponsor the haunt. Or would you have so I would probably monetize that to where you know what they're filming and what they're not filming so it don't harm your business for one. And yeah. to make sure that they're filming the right things within the hunt that you don't want to run for your scare each year that you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on, you know, could be in that video. And then it just runs the whole year because people, when they come back to the haunted house, you're looking for something new. They're not looking for something that's the same. So when you make a good scene and you have some great veteran in there of 25 years or even five years or a year and you said oh man this is awesome i could surely use that tiktok you in there you know and then find out five days later that you know hey man my whole brand new scene that i put in here that i didn't even want people to see is now here and i done told him it was okay so now i have to publish it so really um that's why i'm a little hesitant on it myself um but you know, everybody's got their own opinion on it. And I really try to look out for people on that because, you know, that is a real big deal. You have you have way too many kids these days that are always out trying to outdo you. You know, when you go to a haunted convention or you go to some place that does not require uh, the attention of you actually being an actor or an owner of a haunted house, people are out there trying to find a quick buck to try to get their own thing going. You know, I just had this deal back several years ago that somebody wanted to film my haunt and i was like no there's no way that i'm gonna let you film the haunt because there's things in here that are kept secret you know now maybe if they filmed it and then you looked at it you know and approved the whole entire of what they filmed before they went public with it now that's something totally different you could totally do that and get away with it yeah um and i like to touch point on that uh we did have a discussion this year about um our actors filming too much inside giving away what people are there to explore themselves and find out that's that takes away the entire scare factor of your attraction um and like you said with the two second clips you know like some character just coming towards you and then blip it straight to a logo i mean i find that to be extremely right. helpful because it, it like it gets you hooked you're like okay i gotta see what else is there what other characters are gonna drive me to put myself through going to this attraction and getting scared and because there's nothing else it's like a, an endless story you know and that's one thing we definitely touched base on this year with a lot of our people was no cell phones inside because we don't need the entire scene be given away to social media because they're gonna pick stuff out and it just takes away the excitement. I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I really do. And I, I seriously still think that, you know, if you want to have somebody film it in your in your haunt, you can always view that footage and edit it any way you choose to. And if you feel it's approved, approve it. If not, then don't approve it. To just help better protect yourself, like your logos and your special things that you have each year, you know. For sure. Because, I mean, there's a lot of characters out there. And I know uh, people are 
uh, exploring the broadening of creating their own characters. So, you know, say they're, you go to a store, you buy such and such costume. Well, you know, say you post all these videos that, oh, this is my character. Well, somebody can come along and be like, I've had this character the last 15 years. You know, I'm going to, you know, come at you for this and that. And I mean, it just avoids altogether. I mean, it, it can cause a lot of drama, a lot of negativity that you don't need. Um, if you give away the whole spill of a hunt, I mean, why am I going to pay money to go somewhere where I know what's going to happen? And it's no longer. It's almost like a 50-50. It can ruin you or it can help you. One of the two. <laughs> yep. and that's why I'm all for like, even if it's a five second clip and all you see is just the monster coming towards the camera and it snaps over to your logo and gives, you know, the dates and times, like that's the best because it's like any movie they make nowadays, they give you five second little clips and go to the next thing. And then you're like, I got to know how this story plays out. I, I have to go. It really kind of blows because, you know, when you have some awesome kid that comes up to you and he's been working with you for a couple of years, and he says, man, I want to film you an awesome video. It's the anticipation. You want to see what your work has done throughout the whole year. But then at that same time, it's like, eh, pull back the brakes. Nope. I got to monetize you here. I got to see what you're posting. And if it's good, then we'll put it out there. If not, it's got to go in the trash. <laughs> exactly. Because so, I mean, in some people's budgets, and I mean, I'll say this, Brian knows I've worked for Brian for years. I've got, uh, I don't know, a whole bunch of years, uh, different attractions. And if you just film nothing but your hunt, and if you're living on a budget, you know, some of us can't afford to change things all the time. But for the guys that are able to, like we even take random shots and stills just out in a random gravel road, you know, tall grass or cornfield or something, we'll just go out somewhere in public and do it. Yeah, that way, it's not feeling anything from the haunt attraction itself. Eli was one of my, Eli was one of my good ones. I never had to worry about monitoring your stuff because I knew it was good, and I was I was still in your content, putting it on our page. So, <laughs> and that's the hard part: being an actor and trying to grab clips here and there just for whoever to use for the attraction. I mean, it's kind of hard. I mean, it as a TikToker, like I have a bigger following on TikTok than I do on Twitch, which is cool, but like. It's hard to maintain where you do the job and try to make content at the same time. So I try to get there at least two hours early and just make small little skits and then just go about the, the hunt season. Um, you know, like Willie Vodka. I mean, you all were talking about some of the big names that do publicize their uh, attractions. Uh, Pogo Joe, they go all over and... Um, is it slider jesus yeah yeah like they don't film inside their hunt per se it's just them Down out interacting street. with public and that and yeah just taking still images and stuff like that and just putting some effects on it you know and that's what i kind of feel sad about that you know i used to have the biggest deal you know let's go out like you know what craig was saying you know go out and take still photos of a damn gravel road you know and put a little effect on it or something and use it as a backdrop for like a video or something those are all great tactics, but man, when you have a video together that's properly produced and you have that, just that up and hype, I mean, it just is a whole new game changer, but playing it safely is like the devil. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. really, I mean, you got to know what you're doing. It's I wanna, either perfect or it breaks. I want to respond to a few of the things in here, um, just because I don't hundred percent agree with, with all of that stuff, but I want to, I want to set the context. I feel like we do agree. I just want to like, overall, I think we would agree the, the context are just different. So I want to just, I want to set it. Um, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of clients. I also work with influencers. And so from the influencer perspective, why are they going to shoot 
anything at your haunt if it can't be long enough or it doesn't make them money. So then in their perspective, um, if it's their business and you're not letting them shoot long enough or shoot something that's going to make them money, then you need to pay them and then you can't afford it. So there's your there's your counterpoint, right? But um, I think overall that the biggest thing I would I would say in response to all that is that you need to have a media plan. You need to have you figure this out among your leadership first. And if you're like, so you need to have a plan. You need to say, okay, this is our media plan. We are not going to allow walkthroughs of the haunt on video. We're not going to allow these new scenes to be filmed at all in any way. We are going to allow this, these rooms to be on camera or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and part of your media plan, right? If you, if you are not going to allow video inside the haunt, you need to have B-roll prepared for when a PR firm or when the news or whatever, like say the cable news network randomly contacts you because they, somebody brought them a lead and they're going to come out and do a story on you. Are you going to tell them, no, you can't film inside the haunt for the local TV, right? And then they're going to say, where's your B-roll shot in this, in the formats that we need for TV. And you're going to look at them and then they're not going to cover you, right? That's <laughs> so, so like you, you need, you need to have your media plan. If you're not going to allow any of the filming or whatnot, then you need to have a good quality video that is not a cinematic video because they're not going to air that. You need to have a something that fits their specifications that's ready to go in your media kit, right? So, and I, I have a whole, I don't want to get too much on my soapboxes because I actually have several like episodes just about me arguing, arguing with Scott Swenson, which a lot of you know. Um, about whether or not to allow filming in site on. So now we, we go through, we like fight a lot about it. But um, I, I have worked with haunts as clients that, that have gone on, on either side. And for Hush, actually, our policy at Hush is we don't allow the media to film inside at all. You cannot take a cell phone inside. Your actors cannot have cell phones um, inside at all. Um, we, 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 will do like scare cams with media where I will escort them through and I will do a scare. Like I will make their video for them and then give them specific pieces, or we will allow specific scenes to be, to be done. But that's all like decided ahead of time. And I'll tell you when you talk about giving away your scare, um, generally there's like, we make a, a big, like a big new scare each year. The, the previous year's scare will like, will allow to be videoed. Like, so, so, uh, I, I think I, I don't know if I showed you guys, but I, the scare cam one we did this year, that was from like the, the previous year's big scare. And so then this year we allowed that one to be filmed and we allowed it to be put everywhere. And, but the other thing that we noticed is that just doesn't bear out make, maybe there's one kid that's just going to cause trouble no matter what. And he's like, I've seen this on TikTok, but most people, when they're inside the haunt, they have no idea where they are or what's going on they're not going to remember like it from a TikTok or whatever um and then the other thing too is you know if you're going to enforce that media plan you really need to train your staff to enforce it because you know the the guests are like i i would i would stand in the haunt last year i swear to and every like five seconds i'd be like put your phone away put your phone away put your phone away put your phone away we're gonna kick you out we're gonna, and it just wouldn't matter i would have kicked out half the audience right it just doesn't i i just think you need to have a strong media plan about that you need to decide and yeah. i would I would shoot for a middle ground, but just be aware also that there is a whole genre of influencers and I, I work with a lot of them, um, like Sharp Productions, Grim Life Collective, um, Attractions 360. Um, those people have 300,000, 600,000 and 1.2.3 million uh, subscribers on YouTube. Those, those channels, they only do like 
walkthroughs. That's their specialty. So again, you you will like disqualify yourself from certain types of coverage depending on what you're allowing at your haunt, which is okay, but you just need to like be ready and have an answer. And then if they do reach out to you, tell them. And, you know, Josh, like what you're saying about allowing or not allowing some content to go up, um, I that needs to be in your employee handbook. Again, back to the like, uh, I don't know what to call oh, it. but 100% if, agree. Yeah, you need to like be like, agree. hey, if you are filming on premises and you plan to post that, whatever needs to be in there. And, and generally, also, you know, that's right on the front door. I mean, right yes. before you enter the attraction, I mean, you've got <laughs> yeah. signs everywhere. And, you know, if people are filming, they have a they have a waiver that's signed right there at the box office that says, hey, I'm, I am not liable for your face on, on camera. <laughs> so let me just you tell you, filmed, one of the two. every night, even when even when we put our sign out front and we had them sign our waiver every night, I had people fight with me about, about the scare cam stuff. So it, it does really, so it doesn't, you know what you, know. you do about that. Well, not much you can do about the scare cams, but you know, as for cell phones and people not using those, it comes to a real liability issue over the years too, but yeah. I've started to see haunts bridging into something called a cell phone safe box. You check yeah. your cell phone in when you go into the attraction with your driver's license or identification card. That stays with the phone until it's picked up at the box office at the end of your trip. The problem with that is, is the long queue lines and yes. two, the organization of making sure that your property is safe and then two, making sure that people are putting it in the right slots of where it goes, you know, and having yeah. all your contracts and stuff together is a huge deal. Yeah. yeah but um, I agree with all that. Uh, what I was also going to add about the, you know, for some of those walkthrough uh, influencers, like the scare factor also, um, even though they're a review site, you know, they do do walkthroughs too and all that. That's like new, the new research that, that has been coming out, I guess to take a step back, the reason that I'm, I'm even, kind of advocating for you making a media plan about having your filming is because the research that has been coming out now about purchasing trends for younger audiences, which is who we target, shows that they put as much value on basically like influencers and recommendations and reviews and kind of all that stuff as they do on like all of the paid promotion stuff all combined put together. So, and, and so basically TLDR, they want to know what it's actually like inside your haunt. They're not going to get that from a produced video. And so they look to influencers or they look to reviews online or they look to, they, they, they need a way of, of figuring out, right? Is, is this really worth me spending and taking my friends to it? And so the, that's, that's the use of those walkthrough influencers is kind of showing that off. And they will, none of them will allow you to dictate their edit because that goes against their, like their free speech. Now that doesn't mean though, that you need that. So like if in, when you meet at the beginning of the season, you make your media plan and you say our new scene is going to be off limits to filming no matter what. And if you decide that then, and you tell them that, then, then most of them will respect that. And they will tell their audience that at the beginning, they will be like, we're going to walk through the haunt as normal. We're going to skip the last scene because it's not a lot, you know, because we, it's new and we're not going to spoil it, blah, 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 whatever. And then you should send a representative with them to follow them and make sure they put their equipment away before they get to the end scene. That's my recommendation, but I'm just giving you all those warnings. Like, you know, you're going to potentially exclude yourself from a lot of that. And honestly, like a lot of that can be very powerful, quote unquote, free media because those people are making their money off of the views because they have huge channels and essentially they're using your haunt as a, as a free filming location and they're making money off of the views. 
right? But the oh, flip man, side yeah. is you're not paying them. You know what I mean? If you had to pay for a whole crew to come out and do that, you'd have to pay them. So it, it's it's a, it's it's kind of like a devil's bargain, right? It's it's a it's a give and take type of thing. It's great, and we can use each other, but you want to do it in a way that um you know like yeah. So like like I said, I I did again, and then circling back to um. Brian's original question, I think was about like celebrity characters. My counter question to you, Brian, would be, is like paying for a celebrity actor going to sell you tickets? Because that's the question you should always be asking. And to Craig's point about like, you know, if you're paying for an influencer that creates things to do in your local area, you know that it's going to make you money. You just know that it's going to just like, you know, just like Craig said, because that's what they do. That's their target, whatnot. But like, is getting a fitness influencer going to sell you tickets? Is getting like, same thing. It's going to make like, we, you know, we like haunt, haunt influencers because we're haunters and they're cool. And we think their videos cool. And I love them. And I, I follow Pongo's up. I, I think they're all great. And me personally, I would love to do collabs with them as the network, but me as like hush, I'd be, I'd be wary of, of paying for it. I, I'd have to sit down with them and be like, how is this going to make us both money? <laughs> you know, how, how are we going to make sure that whatever we do is going to sell tickets for me? Cause that's what I need to know. Yeah. I mean, and I'll jump in right there. Cause I mean, like you were saying, it's, it's either going to draw a crowd or it's just going to be something viral. Correct. And I mean, I, I totally agree with that. And don't get me wrong. I, I'd love to hang out with, you know, the big time uh, scare actors that do travel this. It would be cool. It would be awesome and all. But I mean, you know, like you said, it, it's a real fine line. It's either just going to be viral or it'll be beneficial to both. But yeah. if, if it doesn't work like that, it's just going to be beneficial to said paid actor, you know, to come hang out with you guys for a night or whichever. But, you know, uh, as uh, Josh Queen was saying, it, it's it's 50-50. It, it'll work. Or it won't, but I definitely agree. What I would do, Eli, is get everyone together and preseason and shoot a bunch of, you know, workout with Scott where you guys can film at and just make a bunch of little clips and then. Start, oh, man. Yeah. And then start, you know, and just start feeding those all season, September, start rolling everything out and create it around the doctor and doctor phobia and just whether you got to do close ups on his hands, working on something. Pace it together. You know, yep. and just do like little pieces of your character. Do one shot yep. of your face or just do something where you can't see, where you can't see all the person or just your gloves or, you know, that 15, that five second clips and just, and I would just yep. start posting them all, all freaking September, October. I mean, yeah, we I did, have seen some pretty good videos like that. So that's pretty cool. Well, yeah. we did, we did something. If they perform since, well. We did something since we're a pirate themed haunted house, which is a little different than 99.9999% of the, of the guys out there. Um, we have a pirate king who's the 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 main character bad actor. We had him wake up from a drunken stupor, and then we took him around the local businesses, and we we took him to a gym, and we made him work out. He was getting ready for haunt season, and we had the 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 lady that owns the gym could like bench press us all at one time, so she's running him through there. Then he went to a smoothie shop, and he was asking yeah. for rum and a smoothie. Uh, we shot in a pawn shop where we shot I saw that. Pirate. I loved that video. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're, they're silly videos. But what it was, was if something at the beginning, just to, to, to have the characters out and about town, plus your co-branding. That's what I'm trying to work with now. Something that you guys could think about, like uh, there's a goth shop uh, by us. Yeah. It sells nothing but goth clothes. Well, I got a Valentine's escape room thing where we're going to do a photo op for uh, vampire uh, casket where one person gets the casket, the other one's the vampire hunter. Um, 
going that's going to be killer. Yeah, I'm going to them and trying to do some co-branding with them because they have a huge following. So, hey, why don't you bring some of your clothes there or let us wear some clothes? To, you know, I'm trying to work out a deal with them where we can work with each other and co-brand. So finding local shops, you know, the rock and roll shops or whatever you guys that think that y- your kids are hanging out at and try to co-brand is also another. Man, you made a really great point there, Craig. I have to touch on that if you don't mind, because I had a kid that came out two years ago to my hunt and he was just a regular line, a line hunt worker, you know, just working the front queue. You know what? This kid decided to go to fire breathing school. And at the time, you know, before insurance was so crazy, he actually came back to the hunt. He started fire breathing, man. I never seen my tickets jump so far through the roof just to watch somebody breathe fire. I mean, the golf kids, I mean, they're really, that's the real haunters, in my opinion, because they've got the twist, the freak, the costumes, the makeup. They have got the overall ability to scare the heck out of somebody. It really is neat. And their potential is just unbelievable. I mean, their talent. Yep. Yeah, so, we had, well, sorry. I was going to say, I, I think that that's a nice, all that's a nice wrap up to just underscore that um, when you're doing the partnerships, they, they, again, they have to tie back to the haunt in a way that would encourage people to buy tickets. And that's what Craig was, is, you know, that's what all of you are highlighting. Right. And, and, you know, again, the goth thing, it could be a goth night or it could be a, like our characters dressed in goth, or we decided to take our main character and, and turn him into a, a goth wardrobe thing where he brought, or brought the people from the, thing into the haunt to see if they would survive a scene or you know there's there's you could you can collide a bunch of stuff together but again the underscore is making sure that it leads to this is your haunt the your haunt's name and where they can get tickets like you you know i i, I know we don't want to make our stuff too selly but i'm just saying we have to make money guys <laughs> <Just like laughs> a, a great example to that philip and this is actually no joke you know I want to kind of jog back, and I know this has nothing to do with the haunt industry, but it kind of does at the same time with our haunt tickets and such. You know, when you watch all the films back of all the horror films from like the 1950s to the 1990s, you know, those were real made special effects films. You know, in my opinion, that was something worth paying for. Today, they've got CGI, they've got all these digital graphic effects that people are more pulled, drawed back from, you know. Um, But at the same time, it's like it's sucking and towards because that's technology. See, that's not, in my opinion, a real ticket. A real ticket to me back of those movies would have been like werewolves, vampires, you know, cool things that bring people to an attraction. Yeah, man. And that has just gone. It's all gone, man. It's like people don't understand what a real scare is. And they're expecting to go to a haunted house. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to laugh and have fun. But are they really getting scared? How many ideas do haunt owners and special effects artists within the haunt business do to help prepare that scare factor each year? You could spend hundreds of thousand dollars on props, but then props ain't going to be nothing without your actors, you know, and if they can perform themselves something really great, then man, you've got a win-win chicken dinner, in my opinion. But I, I didn't mean to interrupt you guys on that, Craig and, and Brian and, and Philip, you guys, but, you know, it's just, it just brings it back to that. It's just like, wow, you know, they don't do things like they used to. And that those to me was real tickets back in the day, you know? Uh, and I, I hope that we could apply that in today's time with the haunted house industry, you know, bring back the werewolves, bring back the, 
the vampires, all the cool hygienic items that really scared the hell out of people back in the day. Well, we get, you know? we get your, get your new theme now. So yeah, you know, but <laughs> it always, I can always come up with a new theme each th- each year, you know, and spend hundreds of dollars on it. But you know, um, that's what we do. We're just professionals. We just keep coming up with things, but, uh, it's just driving the business. And that that's one of the hardest things to do is drive the business and keep up with the competition from what everybody else has got, because they've got right. more money than what you do. Like you, you know? were saying, so, like you were saying, they, uh, I think the audiences nowadays are desensitized because everything is over the top and everything is, you know, absolutely. TikTok and everything is, you know, AI. And so it's, you have to take me into your haunt, create an experience and you got to make me feel better than I would, would sit on the couch or on my phone. And I got to, yeah, I have to pay for this experience. Right. What's worthy so you of need... you to get up? Yeah. What's worthy of you to get up off the couch from eating potato chips, watching The Walking Dead? You know, what's, right. what's cool about your haunted house that 20 minutes down the road's not, you know? This podcast episode sponsored by Scarlet Badges. Get your Scarlet Badges at scarebadges.com. Also sponsored by Hunter's Toolbox. Take your haunt to the next level at hauntertoolbox.com. Thank you for listening to Haunt Topic Radio. Please leave a comment wherever you found this podcast. Each comment you leave will help spread the word to other haunters around the world. See you next next time. time.